It's the will and skill to understand who we are and how we're seen by others. How can we drive our organizations into the future using the power of people? And how can we think much more strategically about that? Gratitude is such an important part of mental health, of building great teams. That natural empathy that's really important to getting along with people. It's a better way to lead. It's a better way to live. Welcome to our new mini-series, Better Me, Better We, and Better Ways. Annette, over two seasons, we've had the pleasure to learn from the best psychologists, behavioral scientists, and performance experts. And the feedback from you, our community, has been overwhelming. From Tallahassee, Florida, all the way to India, and everywhere in between. And not to mention, you've helped us to be nominated at the Australian and Ireland's Podcast Awards. That's pretty amazing, Kahal. It's been unreal. But the most common request, you want to hear from us about the best bits from over 25 hours of content so far. So this is your cheat sheet. We're going to share with you only the best insights, information and shortcuts to achieving better me, better we and better ways. What does that mean? Well, Better Me is all about having a better day at work. The foundations start with you. How can you be better, more aware, confident and clear in your values? Better We, how do we foster and build great relationships with those around us? And Better Ways, your best ways to communicate, run meetings, develop strategies, manage performance and make an impact within your organization and the people around you. Welcome to Better Me. Today, we're focused on Better Me and why it's important to focus on three key areas, self-awareness, confidence and purpose. We have to start with self-awareness. Annette, we spent a lot of time on this. You and I have been on a journey of self-awareness, haven't we? We have, Kahal. Tell us why you believe self-awareness is critical to our Better Me space. For me, I think what I discovered was that I was the, I suppose, person that needs to change in certain circumstances where things had been going wrong. I'd worked in New York. I didn't enjoy it there. I did not enjoy my boss. And I thought, I can't be here anymore. I don't want to do this job. I was in Sydney and I ended up working with another boss that was quite similar to the one in New York. And I thought, I'm going to be able to deal with this. I couldn't. It was really difficult. I thought, right, I cannot have a change in my career driven by someone else. I have got to use this to learn more about myself. What is it? that is causing me these challenges in certain circumstances with certain people. I called it a crisis opportunity. This is a moment for me to reflect and go, what is it about me? So I stood back, I took the time to really go, how can I reflect on myself? Why was this particular boss triggering me? Sometimes when you're working with someone who maybe reminds you of someone from the past, you get triggered or hooked back into that. I was like, wow, so I feel like I'm becoming a child in this situation with this boss. What's going on here? And it was really through that that I was like, let me sit down and work that out. 
And there's so many studies on all of this in it that we do get hooked into people from that maybe are similar to the past, people that we've dealt with when we were kids, and it can have a huge impact on you. So I think the big aha for me was self-reflection was really important to do. It was really important to step back from it and understand what scripts had been written and how could I break those scripts. Having that aha moment with the difficult boss in Sydney and knowing that it was actually more about me than them, etc., etc., it wasn't that I actually changed. It was more that I went back to who I was. But during that period of difficulty, I was really kind of in a bad place. You know, those neural pathways and what triggers you, it can run so deep. And I think the breakthrough that you had around, okay, what am I contributing here? What is it about me? that's contributing to this dysfunction. It's such a powerful tool. It's so empowering. It does take back control when you're in crisis and you move into a reflection of, well, what am I contributing to this situation? Amazing leader that I worked with, Mary, who you've been in touch with, Kahal, she gave me that lesson when she went through a career crisis and she said, I want to take the learnings from this. I want to really learn what I've contributed to this outcome for myself. That was really empowering to see her do that in a crisis. And, and I saw you do that as well. It's, it's really brave. But you may also come to the conclusion that the environment doesn't work. And that's important as well, because self-awareness, the journey is about understanding what nourishes you, what works well for you. That's really important. Now, Annette, I know that one of the things we really want to do on this mini series is give people the science as well. Tell us a little bit about the science here of self-awareness. We say that better me starts with self-awareness. And so what is self-awareness? Let's hear from Tasha Yurik for her definition that came from eight years of research and analysis of over a thousand scientific research articles. It's the will and skill to understand who we are and how we're seen by others. And those two components, it turns out, are not only both important, but totally unrelated. You can't assume that you know how other people see you if you know who you are and vice versa. And so what that means practically for all of us, I think, is that the journey will involve both. Such a powerful and impactful definition from Tasha there. For me, Kaha, what self-awareness feels like, having been on a long journey in the space, is the ease, power and connection, being involved in what's happening to you, being truly present in our own lives. Can you talk to us about how do we start to go on the self-awareness journey? I think you start with a values assessment. There's lots of things you can do. You can talk to a counsellor. You can do all of those things. But if you're listening today and go, right, I really just want to be a better aware of who I am, I would start with your values, right? And understand that your values are so critical. They guide you how you want to live your life. It's a critical pillar of insights. I think values help you define the person you want to be as well as set the stage for future work. In relation to values, it's as simple as asking yourself a few questions, right? Think about what motivates you to do your best work. 
Is it the opportunity to be a technical expert solving a problem no one else has resolved? Is it supporting your team emotionally through challenges like a reorganization? That feeling you get when you rally people to action. Recognize and note that moments you are operating at your best. These reflections help bring you to your why, how and what. But I think values in it is where I would absolutely start. Even when you think about coming to raising a family or mentoring others, what behaviors would you most and least want to instill in people, right? These are so, so important. In our pod sum up, we give you some great ways of kicking off your self-awareness journey. But values to me is a great place to start. As we move forward with Better Me, a common point of resistance to becoming more self-aware is that people worry it will make them more self-conscious, more anxious, and that self-awareness leads into self-absorption. But actually what we've found out is that self-consciousness is different. Self-consciousness is actually a problem of confidence. That leads us really nicely into confidence, which is our second area that we think you should focus on. I think, Annette, it doesn't matter who you are, confidence is so important. The amount of people I meet that feel like, okay, I know what I want to do, or I'm doing the thing I like, but I'm not confident to go to the next level. I don't feel like I'm ready or they have this imposter syndrome, right? How many people have we heard about that we feel, oh, wow, they've really got imposter syndrome? Kahal, when I think about my own confidence, I look back, my memory is that I was a confident child. I was outgoing and friendly. And I think what happened is what happens to a lot of girls, especially of my vintage, but I still see it happening, is that I lost my confidence in my teens. So... I didn't really start getting it back until my late 20s and I would say it was my mid to late 30s before I felt fully confident. You know, I lost confidence in public speaking whereas I'd been very confident speaking up in primary school and I lost confidence about being assertive and saying what I want and need and I feel like it really held me back at work in my life and I got lots of feedback in that space and it really tied me up in knots. When I think back about what was it that I did that built up my confidence, there's no one thing. There's no one thing, there's no one silver bullet. I did a few brave things. I got on a plane and did some traveling in South America. I went and worked in Vietnam for three years and I have done a lot of work on purpose values, ethics, self-awareness, meditation, presentation skills, the Amy Cuddy TED Talk. I watch that when I've got a big meeting coming up and go and do my Wonder Woman pose. I use your advice about the will this matter in five years when I'm feeling stressed or distressed. And I think one thing we've learned recently from Ian Robertson is that the biggest human fear is what others think and that's studying the cortisol in the body around different fears. So understanding that and being able to work on letting go of worrying about what others think and letting it get in in the way. It's a journey. It's not like driving a car or learning to walk. Once you've got it, you've got it. 
confidence easy to lose and with a few fails and bad meetings it can all unravel again Kahal and we've seen people we know and love lose their confidence in a bad situation it can be a, a death spiral. Absolutely Annette you've hit the nail on the head there the circumstances can really impact people's confidence and I think even back to my own story that we started with there my confidence was impacted by working with different people where I felt they didn't have your back or they were challenging you and you were like, oh, wow. And then that happens quite a few times. You suddenly start to lose your confidence. So I agree with you. I'd also say, Kahal, around the criticality of confidence and understanding about being arrogant and overbearing or brash. Confidence is critical and the science around why it's critical really. There's some important points here that confident brains work better. Confident people actually do more for themselves and in their work. It's a mini antidepressant. It's contagious, people pick up on it, and it's the best antidote for anxiety. And we know from learning from everything that we've learned in series one and two, confidence has come through in a lot of the episodes and the research we've done. It's it's a set of habits that can feel fake at first, but it does become second nature over time. The main thing that I suppose we got from Professor Ian Robertson, I loved that he said confidence is a bridge to the future. It's at the core of what makes things happen. Confidence, its secret sauce is it's linked to action. It's linked to the action systems of the brain. And it's your belief that you can do something. It also is your belief that if you do that thing, then the outcome will happen. And that gives you four states of the mind. Can't do, can't happen which is apathy, can do, can't happen, which leads to anger, can't do, can happen, which leads to anxiety and and low mood. And then the full whammy is can do, can happen, which has incredible effects in the brain that actually acts as a self-fulfilling prophecy. We got such amazing feedback on that model from Ian. Annette, what's the action you would tell our listeners in relation to confidence? four steps here. The first one is using your self-awareness and checking in with yourself on how you feel, how you're feeling. And if you feel anxious, start with breathing. Breathe in for four and out for six. Do that so that you can get back into your parasympathetic nervous system and get out of stress through breathing. The second thing to do ongoing is pay attention to the stories you're telling yourself. What are those scripts? And work on changing those and challenging those. The next step is what we talked about, why confidence is so important. It's setting an immediate goal, setting an action and doing something. It might just be as simple as going for a walk. And we love the roomy quote here in this action part, the road only appears with the first step. So do something. The next thing to do is posture. Posture can help here too when you're taking that action. Love it, Annette. Some of you may be already on your self-development journey. So you've been reflecting, hopefully, as we're going through this episode on your own self-awareness. You're starting to work on your confidence, but you're still feeling stuck. You're like, what is my purpose? And this is our third focus area, purpose in our better me journey. And we're going to start this with a story of one of our listeners, Claire. She came to us incredibly burnt out 
not knowing what was next, I met with her. She was putting her CV together and she was doing all the processes around that. And I sat there and I thought she's really not focusing on her purpose. She was getting caught up in the process. We can all do that in it. We all panic. We need to get a new job or we're hating our job. We're like, get really into process. We've got to get the CV done. We've got to get it out there to recruiters and all of this. And actually, it's sometimes that's putting the cart before the horse. You have to step back and think about purpose. And with Claire, I think the main thing was going, what can you learn about where you've been so far? What have you enjoyed? When are you in the zone? That is so critical. What lights you up? So, so important. Kahal, I love the model from Bill Cowan, who was, I think, episode one of season two. Bill has a fantastic template, which I've taken and added to and shaped around asking 10 to 15 people who you've worked with to answer four questions. And we'll have those four questions in our sum up sheets about how you can seek this feedback from people who know you and If you get those 10 to 15 answers to these four questions, the themes come through. It does build your confidence, but it also, you know, gives you that confirmation of where your areas of strength can help you in shaping your purpose. Throughout the series, we heard a lot about purpose from our guests, one of them being Aisha Bissell. We need to design our life to be able to think about our life with optimism. I used to say, oh, you know, our life is our biggest design project and we need to design it, think about it proactively, intentionally. And those things are still true. But the more I know about it, the more I realize design is all about problem solving. And life is full of problems. And those problems weigh us down, especially now, like post-COVID, a lot of people have so much pessimism. And having these design tools that are quite accessible actually helps you think about those problems as opportunities. And that brings you out of this problem state into an idea space. And that gives you optimism. Because when you have ideas, you're excited. You're like, oh, I can try this. So that, that's really why we need to design our life to have that optimism of ideas. What I love that Aisha says is from her research, she observed people's deep sense of purpose that came from within, from helping others, starting something new, doing what they love. Even in the absence of external drivers like work or children, they find meaning. And that was a big aha moment for me on purpose. I think we have got so much opportunity to create our own purpose and do what we want and uh, what we expect of life. And I know in it, for our listeners, a lot of them, and like Claire's example, I think that she is at that point where she has done what life has expected of her. What does she do next? And it's sometimes, again, a great opportunity to reflect and go, what do I want next? And also there's something about, again, paying attention to your feelings. And if there's someone you know who's doing something that actually gives you a twinge about, oh, oh, I wouldn't mind that. They're very lucky. There's something in that I, I find Kahal. And that's a, some guidance from Gretchen Rubin about paying attention to those feelings. Self-awareness, 
confidence, purpose, the three things we think you should start with. And under those, we've given you some suggestions on what would be the first thing. But all of this is available in our sum up, betteratwork.net. There you can access and download resources that complement this episode and the two other ones that we will have coming up in the series for a new interactive experience. These resources are called Pod Sum Ups. They sum up the key takeaways and give you some activities to do yourself. You're going to love them, guys. So do download those on betteratwork.net. When we know better, we can do better. And we hope that these insights around self-awareness, confidence and purpose can help our listeners on practical things that they can do tomorrow to be better at work. Don't forget to also sign up to our newsletter. We're excited to bring you this mini-series. It's lovely in it to have you on for longer. We're normally just chatting very briefly at the end of the show, so it's really nice. I've really enjoyed it, Kahal, and I think for me, being able to distill everything from 25 episodes into better me, better we, and better ways, it's definitely going to help me with people who say, okay, I haven't got time. Could you give it to me in five key points? I want the nutshell. How can I be better at work? That's what we've done here. We hope you loved it. We hope you'll be back for Better We, and we're excited to share that with you then. Thanks, Kahal. Thanks, everyone.